Welcome to episode 13 of the Not Just a Lawyer podcast. I love the number 13. I have decided to do a podcast about a topic that I've wanted to talk about for quite a long time, but I've been thinking over it really carefully because I want to do it justice. That's not even a pun, but I'll take it. I want to talk today about the very difficult subject of consent and as per usual this is not going to be a deep dive this is going to be a shallow dive i will be talking about sexual assault and i might bring up some really unpleasant thoughts for some people who have experienced sexual assault or who have dealt with the aftermath of it and if i do that i hope that you have thought about some self-care that you can undertake if this upsets you the other option is of course to give this one a miss or come back to it another time if you want to get some help um, because this does upset you consider contacting the rape crisis center or if you have your own private mental health practitioner contact them in addition lifeline is always an excellent option if you just want to have someone to talk to really really quickly and I'll give you their number. The number for Lifeline is 131114 and I'll be giving you that number again at the end of this podcast. But please do everything you need to do to look after yourself. I want to acknowledge that I'm recording this podcast on the lands of the Ngunnawal people, their traditional lands, and I pay my respect to the Ngunnawal elders past, present and emerging. You might be wondering why I'm doing a podcast about consent. Well, quite frankly, I've been thinking about the issue of consent for a number of years. I first encountered the difficulty that our law has and our society has with consent when I was working as a criminal lawyer in about 2008, 2009, and I had a spate of matters involving very young men who were charged with various sexual assault crimes. And it struck me, dealing with those people and dealing with the facts of those matters, that as a society, we are not particularly good at knowing what consent is, thinking about it, obtaining it, uh, and generally talking about it and being on the same page with it. I think we can all agree that it is incredibly important for things like sexual encounters and many other interactions in our lives to be consensual. So in order to help facilitate that, we really all need to have a think about what the heck consent is. And as it turns out, the law has a fairly convoluted description that it gives in assault matters, and by that I mean sexual assault matters, when it tells a jury what consent is. So if you bear with me, in a moment I'm going to sound like I'm reading, because I am. I'll be reading to you from a suggested direction that is in a handbook for judges in New South Wales, and it's a suggestion as to how they explain consent to a jury before a jury goes out and has a think in a sexual assault matter about whether there was consent Um, and other things that they might need to be thinking about when they look at whether the prosecution has proved their case beyond a reasonable doubt. Now you'll note I just used the phrase sexual assault and you might be used to hearing the word rape. Now rape is a coverall term for 
sexual assault. It's basically the community word or the colloquial word that we use. Um, and the law has different definitions that set out what a sexual assault is. I'm not going to go into those. It's really beyond the scope of what I want to talk about today. But you can look those up for yourself if you would like to. And I'd like to just note that the New South Wales law has changed recently so that the descriptions and names that it gives to offences are a bit clearer. It uses words like sexual touching and things like that to make it a bit more clear about what someone has actually done to someone else or what is alleged that they've done and they're sort of moving away from fairly nebulous or unclear phrases like um, indecency and things like that because you know sometimes gosh what the heck does that even mean? So bear with me, I will read to you from a suggested direction that it is suggested judges give to juries before they go out to determine their verdicts in matters involving sexual assault, where it is alleged that someone had sexual intercourse uh, with another person without that other person's consent. So what is this definition? Well... The suggested direction given to the jury doesn't really explain what consent itself is. Instead, it is said, a person consents to sexual intercourse if they freely and voluntarily agree to have sexual intercourse with another person. That consent can be given verbally or expressed by actions. Similarly, Absence of consent does not have to be in words. It may also be communicated in other ways, such as the offering of resistance, although this is not necessary, as the law specifically provides that a person who does not offer actual physical resistance to sexual intercourse is not, by reason only of that fact, that is the fact of them not physically resisting, to be regarded as consenting to the sexual intercourse. The direction further goes on. Consent that is obtained after persuasion is still consent, provided that ultimately it is given freely and voluntarily. So there you go. That's quite a long direction that gets given to jurors when they're looking at consent in sexual assault matters. The key words at the end are that consent is given voluntarily and freely. So for example, if I am too intoxicated to voluntarily and freely agree to have sexual intercourse with someone, then I cannot give consent. If I have been tricked into thinking that the person who got into bed next to me is my husband and actually it's a stranger who's broken into my house and I am too unwell or too deeply asleep to realize then I have not consented because my agreement hasn't been given voluntarily and freely because I have been tricked. If I am asleep I cannot consent because I don't know what you are doing and therefore I can't agree voluntarily and freely. There are communities within Australia that might 
be surprisingly good at issues of consent. I have a broad range of friends in my life and a surprising source of good practice with regard to consent operates within the kink or BDSM community. You might be really surprised to hear it because such communities are often considered to be very deviant, but a lot of these communities have very, very strict rules and practices about consent, and they actually offer a very good model for everyone else to follow, would you believe? So within these communities, it is required, if you are at an event, that you don't touch someone without their consent. That is a lot better than everyday life, let me tell you, where a lot of people feel like it's their right to simply touch other people in ways that those people haven't consented to. It is also encouraged that everything that people intend to do together at an event is discussed in depth, in detail, beforehand. So, for example, if someone were engaging in BDSM with another person and one person was going to be, for example, flogging the other person, both parties would talk about beforehand what they intended to do. They would talk about their boundaries and limits. They might say, hey, uh, I'm okay if you hit me uh, on my legs, but please do not hit me on the face. Um, It would be very clear between the two people what they each consented to they have a very clear discussion beforehand about what is and is not freely and voluntarily agreed to. I have found in general society and dealing with my clients and the various matters that I work with that people do not typically have these discussions. As surprising as it may sound, I think that we should all consider taking a leaf out of the book of our kinky friends and discussing openly and freely and in some detail what we agree to do or what we agree for someone else to do to our bodies. There has been discussion from some parts of society that our law is not good enough and that it needs to be improved. In many respects, our laws can be improved and at the moment, the Australian Law Reform Commission is looking at whether laws to do with consent can be improved. It's looking to make the definitions much easier to understand. If you are not worried about the law so much and what it says, It is really important to just think about, am I sure that the person I am with or the people I'm with, if you roll that way, voluntarily and freely agree to do this thing that I want to do with them? And if you're not sure, you need to ask. That's just being a decent human. There are moves in some parts to try and lobby for what is called a positive consent standard. That means that some people are actually arguing that what our law should require is actually 
for someone to be able to establish that they asked for consent and they were given it and that if they didn't ask for consent and if they weren't given it then it is to be presumed that consent is absent. That consent could be given in words or by actions. That request for consent could be given by words or actions. A lot of defence lawyers are worried about imposing a positive consent standard. It might mean uh, to some who have concerns that people at law are held to a standard that means that some innocent people could be convicted. Now, I don't know whether that's the case or not, because we really haven't seen a positive consent standard at play, um, except in communities like the kink community. And that's not a law, that is just a general rule of practice. So we don't know how that would be enforced if it were a law. But can I suggest that when you are out in the world living your life, you decide to operate as though there is a positive consent standard. Not only does this mean that you are unlikely to find yourself in trouble with the law, but most importantly, it means that you'll be acting like a decent human being. So in short, if you don't know whether you have consent, please ask. I mentioned just before that the Australian Law Reform Commission is looking at improving the law. What I should have said is that it is the New South Wales Law Reform Commission who are doing this and they have draft proposals that they made in October 2019 and I encourage you to Google those and have a look at them for yourself. Thank you very much for listening to episode 13 of the Not Just a Lawyer podcast. As you know, I'm not just a lawyer, I'm a person too. I'm out in the world facing the same risks and challenges as everybody else. And I think it is really important that we all start to think a bit differently about consent. We need to expect more of ourselves in talking about it and we need to expect more from others in asking us for our consent. If this episode has caused you any distress at all, first, my sympathies. I understand where you are coming from and I am sorry that whatever happened to you took place and you will be believed when you talk to people about it if that is what you want to do. If you want to speak to someone right now who can give you a sympathetic ear and some assistance, please call Lifeline Australia on 131114. Thank you again for listening to the Not Just a Lawyer podcast.